Wanderings and Wool Gathering is a group of friends discussing things under the entertainment umbrella with a focus on music past, present, and future. On this episode of the Wanderings and Wool Gathering podcast, JPP gets technical on the latest prodigy, Foggy sees Ghost on tour and lives to tell about it, and T-Bags, he lives through a cover song and tells us about it. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 10. Ten years ago today, Mr. Chico Stick was looking for Mrs. Bubblegum. That's right, Laffy Taffy was the number one song in America. It can be no coincidence. So sit back and enjoy the greatness that is episode 10. I'm Foggy, and with me as always are T-Bags and JPP. Good evening, fellas. Hey, good evening. <laughs> it's awkward. Hey, who goes first? How are you? You you were so eager to jump in. I love it. <laughs> well, we're, we're just polite around here. I guess so. <laughs> it's the Hoosier hospitality. Yeah, unlike T-Bags, but, uh, you know, I was trying to be nice to him for a minute. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I know. That's cool. How was everybody's weekend? Good. Un- yeah, uneventful. Lots of leaves. It's that time of year, folks. It just seemed like, you know, not to get into the weather, but it just seemed like everything was going kind of normally trickling down, and then Friday this tree went a chew, and uh, there we go. Hmm. Time to get busy. Yeah. We, uh, we, I watched my Saints win, a really great game tonight, and uh, we took the dogs out to a campsite and uh, one of the dogs jumped in the pond so it was an exciting weekend bath time <laughs> yeah what about you stevie that's a big dog to get into the bathtub that's probably messy <laughs> <laughs> uh for me not a whole lot i worked on uh my master's work and uh watched some football watched my blackhawks throw it in the toilet so uh great weekend overall <laughs> but uh, i'm gonna finish off on a strong note because uh it's episode ten. Yes. can't get any better than that. That's right, right. and I, 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 you know, can't go without mentioning. I listened to some music this weekend, so there's that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's get started then. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> Tony had the challenge last week, so we'll let him redefine what the challenge was, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So um, it was a little bit confusing, but I, I think you guys both got the idea. Was, you know, back in the day before the technology we had, we had. We wanted new music, and we just didn't have a lot of ways to get it. So sometimes you just have to roll the dice and take a recommendation from a friend or just look through a titles and see if you like the titles or if you like the artwork or whatever it may be. But you picked up an album, you bought it, you took it home, you never heard it, and then you had to just kind of sit there, absorb it, listen to it, and see and figure out if you liked it. So I wanted to challenge us to do the same thing today, but um, we could use our technology that we have, just not not listen to something that we already listened to. Simple as that. Cool. Super simple. Um, well, I'll go first. Mine was uh, <clears throat> pretty simple, I guess. Um, well, first of all, I went through, I, I just went on to Apple Music and uh, found a couple of bands that I'd been listening to and went down to uh, similar. Mm-hmm. And so they list a whole bunch of groups there. It was funny. I started at first, and uh, so I scrolled down to the bottom of Ghost, and uh, I found this band. And I, so I just plugged in there, started listening, and I'm like, God, this sounds really familiar. I looked it up. Well, it was the former uh, band of the lead singer of Ghost. So no wonder it sounded a little bit familiar. <laughs> so I, I completely nixed that one off the bat and went a different route. And uh, I just went to um, the For You section of Apple Music, and I went down to um, the Indie section just to check out some Indie music. And um, 
I just started letting it play, and it was kind of cool because it was almost a throwback to uh, the early 90s, mid-90s for me. Uh, so it was kind of a cool thing. And then I saw this odd-looking cover from this guy named uh, Mike Kroll. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Um, and I just jumped in. And so while I was mowing today, listened to one of the records, and um, I ended up really liking him. Uh, he's a lot like the old... Uh, I guess you'd call it garage rock or garage punk. Um, I guess you would say the most similar bands are like the White Stripes, Black Keys, The Strokes, something like that. A couple of songs that really stood out to me uh, were 15 Minutes and Like a Star. It's really raw music. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's got a really good groove and a good beat. Um, I really dug it. So I think he's a person that I will probably go back to. Um, even for some of his other stuff. He doesn't have a lot of albums out yet, but um, what I heard so far, I really liked. So it was a success just digging up somebody I'd never heard of before. That's cool. So in part of my judging criteria, so I'm going to ask you the same question. I, I came up with you know some things I wanted to go by, and part of my judging criteria was if it was the mid-'90s and I had spent $15 on that CD, would I be mad? So what about you? If you would have spent 15 bucks on that back in the 90s, how would you feel? I would not have been angry good i mean to, to be honest i will probably listen to this a few more times i don't know if it'll be on like a permanent go back to mm -hmm. like some of my favorite bands um but if it came on the radio i certainly would never turn it off sweet so good job hopefully that answers your question but yeah good good stuff mike kroll and um the name of the record is i hate jazz from 2011 <laughs> that's what those two songs were off of wow, Catchy. That's cool. okay when I saw that title, I know there was no way I wasn't going to try to try that one out. Yeah. Uh, was it Kroll? How do you spell the last name? K-R-O-L. Cool. All right. Well, JPP? Yeah. Did you attempt the challenge? I did. And I found I was in a similar path, except I didn't go the ghost route. I went into new music in the electronic section of Apple Music and iTunes. Uh -huh. um, I was kind of in there anyway, trying to get to the bottom of how do I figure out our analytics for our podcast? And uh, oh. so while I was there, um, looked in, again, the electronic section, they had an A-list section, and there was a ton of artists. And it was like, man, what am, what am I going to choose here? There was so many different options. Um, album covers really didn't do it for me. But then I came across one. Uh, it was an artist named R.L. Grime, G-R-I-M-E. The album was simply titled Nova, so I immediately gravitated to that because my next album is going to be called Neon Nova, and I wanted to see what it was all about. So I gave it a listen, and, um, you know, it's very much in the modern vein of electronic music with uh, a lot of hip-hop elements and uh, some of the newer sounds that I hear in a lot of artists that's very similar and tends to overlap. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's, again, that's not something I ten tend to seek out. Um, it's not something I uh, enjoy as much just because there's a lot of uh, kind of repetitive sirens and things of that sort. It's more of a live element type of electronic music where people are there really kind of bouncing and, and getting into it. But I did find a couple of tracks that I really liked, uh, particularly Shoulda, track number seven on the album, was really good. And I enjoyed Pressure as well. 
excuse me, um, where it kind of won in that regard for me was the spaciousness of the songs. There was definitely a lot of open kind of reverb, and it really played into the dynamics of electronic music instead of just being a hard beat and and uh, blasting you in the face all night type of situation. It, it definitely kind of put me through the journey a bit. Um, you know, overall... I think the album was okay, but you know it definitely had you know, at least a couple of standout tracks that I think I would go back to and, and listen to again. And to, to answer your question, if I spent 15 bucks at a record store for it, I, I probably would have been sorely disappointed in, in the grand scheme of things, just, just for those two tracks, you know what I mean? So right. at that point, it'd be like, hey, do you have that album? Can I borrow it? Copy it on cassette, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it, I, I just uh, I, I felt like... You know, I gave it a chance, and you know, it wasn't something that I would put on repeat for a long time. Yeah, I, I think that's the the dangers of how we used to have to do it back then. Is you just you might get a stinker, you know, and <laughs> even from your favorite band who had a great single that they they led with, you know, right. Um, but that's cool that you maybe found a couple of tracks that at least uh, you were grooving with. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, with, you know, you try to find the silver lining in everything um, when possible. And, and I certainly found a, a couple of, uh, you know, gems with, within the, uh, the haystack, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. As for you, like, I mean, you create music, so, you know, and, and you're not, you know, signed with the major label or anything like that right now. So, Somebody's got to come across to you and find you, you know, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, too. I mean, you'll have your own marketing behind it, but um, it's just interesting to me to think about that experience from someone that out in California doing their thing and finds JPP, you know, Neon Nova and, and loads it up and has their own experience. Hopefully, right. I have a podcast and we can hear what they say about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and hopefully, I, I do well enough that they say nice things, but we'll see. <laughs> yes. If not, we will find them. <laughs> I have a particular uh, set of skills. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, I okay. So the criteria I went by, um, all my own challenge was uh, kind of similar. As if I, I try to do, if I was walking into a store, so I wouldn't go anywhere towards the, like a genre that I knew I didn't like. So kind of similar to you, Paul, where you gravitated toward electronics, or Steve, you knew that it was similar to an artist you liked. Um, and I normally would have read an article or had somebody at a record store tell me that, hey, you might check this out. So. Um, I was kind of reading along that lines, but it gave too much away. So I, I cut that out. So I just wanted to go by, it had to be kind of in a genre I thought I would like. And then the art or the titles had to draw me in. So, um, I went onto Spotify and they have like a discover tab that kind of generates stuff for you. So pretty good chance it's going to hit, but I have had a lot of misses on there before too. So I just scrolled through until I found, um, some titles that I liked and there was a band called, I don't know how to pronounce this necessarily, but, um, Chrysalis or something. It's, I looked up what the word means and I think it's like the pupa stage or larva stage or something of a butterfly. Anyway. I call that Chrysalis, but doesn't mean we pronounced it correctly in science class. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the name of the album and the band is called Nostalgia and it's spelled with like G-I-A at the end. G-H-I-A at the end. So we'll post it in the show, show notes. But anyway, um, some of the titles on there were fantastic. Like one is called um, I Am Robot, Hear Me Glitch. Nice. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I really went by that. And um, I ended up like pleasantly surprised. This is absolutely something that not only will I go back to, but I've already added two tracks to my playlist that I work to. So um, just some quick notes on that. Um, 
the opening track like kind of built up. And what I felt ironic about was I put the challenge out there, but I did feel like back in the day, like when I just didn't know it was the unknown and I had to like pay attention and I had headphones on and, um, and the track built and it built into something good and I was, and I was hooked. Then it went into a song that had a really like dirty bass line with glitchy vocals and it, you know, that's right up my alley. Um, was a female singer and then it jumped into some like low electronics and then it switched. And if you've, throughout these last episodes you've probably understood that i like when something switches up i don't want to hear the same thing throughout the whole album and so Mm -hmm. it jumped down into like an acoustic stuff and then it went into a piano with just like vocals and some insane kind of screams and then back into i am robot hear me glitch which uh, it's just a great song i want you to check that out you guys for sure at some point in time cool um and it goes all the way through i won't go through every track but the end actually go it felt very like uh, theatrical to me in some ways and the end was a very good track it was called the end and it was the last track and it, it kind of like devolved down to just like violins and strings and it was a nice way to come down from the album um but then i i don't know how you guys are you should weigh in on this too but like i really like to know about the artists as well so I went to, on Spotify, you can click on like about the artist and they'll have a bio and sometimes it's generic, but this one was fantastic. It was like, first of all, I didn't know this, but she, this lady, um, found herself homeless and it said soon after high school, she broke into a piano room in San, San Fernando Valley to sleep for the night. She made this room her home and it's where she taught herself to play piano guitar and she discovered that she could sing. Wow. So like that misfortune brought her to her career. And then later on, she's done some songs for like the John Wick soundtrack and um, played at like uh, Austin. What's the what's the big festival? The Austin City Limits. Oh, uh, City Limits. City Limits, okay. yeah. And a couple other things like that. But then here's this is the part that I wanted to read to you guys because I thought you guys would, would actually dig this. But this is what she says herself on there. It says, handwritten love letters, a long conversation with a stranger on the subway, strolling down the boulevard, gazing up at the autumn leaves, getting lost, happy accidents. This is a forgotten time, a forgotten place. The romance of tangible human contact, the sentimental notion of not being tied to your phone, to your social media feed, or to your avatar. Have we all forgotten how to be human? Have we forgotten the notion of romance? Or is romance just another hashtag, another Wikipedia entry, another Google search, another Tinder swipe? She says it best, I am bringing back romance into the tangible world. I want the world to fall in love with what it truly means to be human. Which I thought was awesome, but also at the same time, she's talking about like happy accidents and... That's kind of how I found her. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, for me it was like a kind of a goosebump moment, and uh, and I will definitely go back and listen to this stuff. And that is my only review, Steve. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I had curled up over here with the cat, ready to take some uh, little quality Z time here, but I know finished early. Tonight. I think I'm getting a fever, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So to yeah. answer your own question too, you said you'd listen to it again. So would you say it was worth the fifteen bucks at the record store? Yeah, and I definitely even back in the day, I probably would have paid twenty some for an import after I got into her. So nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we were two for three tonight. That's not bad. Yeah. No. no totally. Uh, you know, and I'm okay with getting the dud because you know we all have to experience it that sometimes. And um, yeah. it's been a while since I've encountered a dud truly. So. You know, thanks to the the internet, typically you just kind of surf and listen for 30 seconds and then move on if you don't like it, right? But no, I gave this whole thing a chance and, um, you know, 
it's uh it, it was uh kind of a nice walk down memory lane in that regard cool i'm glad you guys enjoyed it yeah that was an excellent challenge yes sir thank you we may have to just hit that challenge again at some point just to do some new music yeah you know? i think we should do it and rediscover nine inch nails <laughs> just like drink it yeah chugga chugga well done all right well um friday the full-length album of The Prodigy came out. Uh, prior to that, there were a few songs that were released. Uh, did everybody have a chance to listen to the entire record mm-hmm. since Friday? I did, yes. Yep, totally did. I did, too. Um, I'm probably going to take a bit of a backseat on this. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, to be upfront, I didn't love it. It really felt like 1996 all over again um, <laughs> to me. Yeah. And I don't have the musical background that Paul has to really get the nuance of what's going on. Right. Um, so I think I'm going to sit back and learn from mm. Paul and uh, see what you guys think about it. Um, yeah, that's funny. Paul, what'd you, what'd you think? Can I jump in, Paul? Yeah, please. Yeah, Real please quick, do. Sorry. No worries. I took a similar track there with, that Stevie did. Um, my notes simply say they are still good at what they do, but they're still not for me. Um, I can get into them once in a while if I'm on a treadmill, but let's face it, that's not very often. And um, <laughs> I, I'm laughing uh, with you, Tony, because I'm in the same boat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it always ends up feeling like a huge party, and I'm not a fan of huge parties. So um, I, I really feel like what Steve's saying. Like I, w- I would just really love to hear your review, and if there's any like technical aspects and things that we're missing, um, I don't have much more to say. It's just, to me, it'd be a three out of five. Okay. Wow. He just, uh, he took the club, he putted, and he went straight for the hole, ladies and gentlemen. He's done. (laughs) No, that's cool. Totally. No, it's all good. And, you know, that's awesome. Um, I can certainly respect both of y'all's stance on that. Um, You know, and I'll definitely be happy to go into some of the technical aspect. I've had a long journey with the Prodigy. I had the pleasure of seeing them live at Lollapalooza one year. Um, that was a great year because they uh, headlined and Tool was right before them. Oh, and wow. uh, so that was the same show. Mm-hmm. I got to meet Troy Van Leeuwen when he was with Failure, too. So uh, that was a great night. I'll never forget it for <laughs> sure. It was excellent lineup across the board for you know, both stages. But um, so The Prodigy, what's interesting to me is that was coming at a time when, you know, I was out of high school, was working at record stores, a little bit of personal history here. I was making $4.35 an hour, um, <laughs> saving every penny possible, eating dollar menu stuff, and uh, just trying to invest in gear. So uh, had a, my amps right behind me. I have a 412 cabinet that I bought and, you know, put in layaway, made payments on moved on to electronic equipment as well. So I got a keyboard and I got a sampler and was really cutting my teeth with uh, trying to get beats and loops to sync up on on the sampler. We have the luxury of computers now where we can just see the waveforms. Like, here's where it starts. Here's what it ends. You kind of listen. Okay, that's getting close. Boom, there it's done. I had to deal with a six-digit number on a screen and use a scroll wheel and just keep listening. Oh, I went too far. Then you get to go back. Oh, I went too far back. And then that kind of thing and really tighten it up. Um, What was fascinating about seeing these guys live, there's uh, methods of how you can play back samples. And if I'm going over your heads, you know, start snoring. I'll just keep talking, okay? But basically, (laughs) you can hit a key on the keyboard and then the sound will play when you release the key. 
it'll stop. That's typically what happens. But there's a mode called one shot where you hit it, you can release it, and the loop will play continuously until it hits the end of it. And then you hit it again, it'll do it all over again. When I saw the Prodigy live, um, and forgive me, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, I want to say maybe it was Liam. Uh, he, the, the gentleman with all the, the, the gear, basically, he's mm-hmm. dancing on the stage and he's smacking keys on the keyboard. The loops play. And when the, it's like basically a one, two, three, four, on the one again, and he's hitting it again. So he's kind of jumping around in between and just staying on rhythm. It was an intense performance <laughs> visually. And, of course, you had the other two guys running singing Firestarter and that sort of thing. So, um, again, when I was just getting into that stuff, it blew my mind. I needed to know more. How do I get, you know, sounds to sound incredible like this? I didn't necessarily want to be the prodigy, but I definitely wanted to kind of get into how those drums sounded so full and the bass lines were so rad and all that fun stuff. So, um, you know, kind of getting into this album, it feels like a lot of... uh, say nostalgia but it definitely touches points on fat of the land and albums prior because there's a lot of advantage of modern production techniques in fact i saw one of the albums i want to say it was mid mid 2000s it came out and i'm sorry i don't have my notes in front of me but uh basically he said he switched from all the hardware and went into the software called reason and used it and it sounds like he's still using reason now um because of the the characteristics of some of the samples Things like that and the way they play it just kind of feels like that to me i could be all wet for that matter uh at least his production style has stayed very similar um mm. you know in the grand scheme of things to kind of wrap up the the long-winded aspect of it i'll be pretty quick on review i felt like uh the album was fun. it was definitely some good stuff for me to to get down on um i loved boom boom tap i thought that had a nice modern flair with some of the classic prodigy feel um just definitely had uh, a good groove going uh no tourists the the title track was good um i really liked need someone as well i felt like that was a great opener um you know and everything else that was playing i did feel like you know i enjoyed it but i it didn't catch my attention as much as the tracks that i mentioned essentially um you know, it was it was certainly a, an album that I resonated with me in the sense that I'm familiar with them, I'm familiar with their style. Um, but, you know, would it be something that I would say, you know, kind of takes them to the epic proportion and, and raises them, you know, to the, the pinnacle of their career? Probably not. I'd say that, you know, these, they, I should say, are doing really well with what they do. They're comfortable with it. And, you know, Prodigy's known for and sound and they deliver that um you know if it came down to a, a numeric review mm-hmm. i'm going to give it probably a 3.75 i would certainly listen to it again i'll probably listen to it a few more times and just really try to ingest what's going on with the rest of the album and uh you know it's, it's just something fun for me to have on in the background i like that mm-hmm. big beat sound and you know what was going on in the 90s with with drum production and and just really cool it was a, an interesting era in synthesis and and uh, electronic music technology too just because a lot of the analog gear had fallen to the wayside had i known back then that the stuff was uh you know not really as popular i probably could have got a lot of gear cheap guys i I luckily got a hold of a juno and a couple other things next to nothing but days you see it on uh reverb or ebay and you gotta (laughs) fork over a mortgage payment for it but um you know long story short too late um you know, it was uh, a certain era that right. that uh, has come and gone 
but these guys still play it well and, and made it very modern. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good review. And I, I respect your review more than my own <laughs> because, I mean, I was, honestly, I was tinkering with um, last night just with Ableton Live and some different native instrument stuff, and I couldn't write a drum beat to save my life. I couldn't. Everything sounded about as amateur as it could possibly sound. And sure. um, so it's easy for me to say here, like, oh, well, that's a three. And I don't, you know what I mean? Um, because I'm not the quarterback on the field doing the stuff. <laughs> and so I, I can totally respect what they do. And then obviously respect your opinion because uh, you've been doing music since I've known you. I think there's a difference between <clears throat> rating their ability to play mm -hmm. or, you know, rating their craft as opposed to rating my response to it. Good point. Because my love of it is going to be far lower mm -hmm. than my, you know, saying, hey, these guys are very talented at what they do, because they clearly are. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, so I would score them lower just simply based on my own preference, yeah. not on their ability. That's a good point. Yeah. And speaking of classic talent, Paul... Um, you had sent out a meme with, uh, if Nicolas Cage played every role in Hollywood. <laughs> Steve, did you see that? I did. Yeah. It was, it was brilliant. I want a poster. Uh, yeah, so we, we, <laughs> I do too. We're gonna have to post a few of these, but that led me to think, you know, Nicholas Manson has become a segment on our show <laughs> and so maybe he should branch out from beyond the Marilyn Manson songs and, and pick one of these and, uh, give us a little bit of a, a movie. From Nicholas Manson. You, oh you, man, what, you up for it? Sure. What you got? Um, I'm kind of gravitating towards the Napoleon Dynamite one. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, come get your dinner, you fat lard. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one too? It was his brother? Um, he said something. Napoleon, you're just jealous. I've been chatting with babes online all day. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally hear that. Yes. Oh man, oh, that's so good. I would watch any, and if we post any, I think we also have to. I mean, image wise, they're all great, but I just died laughing when I saw the ET one. <laughs> that was so. uh, disturbing yet proportionate. You know, it definitely <laughs> yeah. fit very well. Whoever yes. did that was a Photoshop genius. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's good stuff. Um, cool. Okay, <laughs> moving on, Stevie. Go ahead. There really isn't anything that he can't do. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Um, so recently, I believe Stevie went to see Ghost live in concert. And I'm jelly, but hey, you know that that happens. I did. Actually, um, I went with Metalhead Monday last Tuesday to the Ghost Ritual in Indianapolis. Um, it was, I mean, I already loved the band, but wow. I mean, it was an absolutely amazing performance. Um, <clears throat> it's just, they're just such an interesting concept all the way around um all the way back the fact that they were found on not facebook but myspace oh, wow. of all places <laughs> which is just insane anyway to think about that now but then to think it's a masked band and apparently i have a real affinity for masked bands but they actually were able to maintain their anonymity until 2017 which if you think about from 2008 to 17 to be able to keep your anonymity, that is pretty amazing mm -hmm. yeah. um, today. And it wouldn't have come out you know, definitively except for a lawsuit uh, from previous band members, which forced him to come out and basically say who he was. But um, 
so at this point, um, his name in, in English, it's Tobias Forge, but uh, he's Swedish, so I think it's like Tobias Forga or something like that. <laughs> but um, So he has been the lead singer through all of their albums. He's been Papa Emeritus 1, 2, and 3, um, and now he is Cardinal Copia. He's no longer the Papa, but maybe someday he'll get there. So he keeps changing his persona. Um, the band's growing. Uh, all of his background people are the nameless ghouls. They wear masks, so you don't know who they are. And um, the performance is truly, it is like a big rock opera. It was done in two acts. I think there were 28 songs. Um, they, they had a curtain. They pulled the curtain up, and they played. The curtain came down. So it really was like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, the band, musically, is very crisp. I mean, it sounds like the album sounds. They're just outstanding musicians. Um, his presence on stage, he's quite the showman. He does have a good voice. I think his voice is held back a little bit by the mask that he wears. Um, it completely uh, covers his mouth, just except for the opening. Mm-hmm. So I think that does kind of cut down a little bit, but he still sounded fantastic. Um, and he plays up the, the uh, nameless ghoul thing. You know, at that point in concerts when they go around, they announce everybody in the band. Mm-hmm. So they have the guy play a little bit, and he walks over, and he's real theatrical as he puts his hand up, and he yells, ghoul, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the bass, ghoul, on drums, ghoul. You know, it's it's That's kind awesome. of a, a, a hokey, silly little thing. But, uh, yeah, it was very clever. It was fantastic. And the fans, uh, you talk about an obsessive fan base. Hmm. There are always those parts in concert where they, they stop singing and the, the crowd takes over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it sounds like kind of a muddled mess or whatever. I'm telling you, it sounded like the whole place was singing. It really was was amazing. They were these people were seriously into it. Um, so overall, it was just a fun show. Um, it was at the old National Center, so it was actually in a theater. Mm-hmm. And it looks like from some of the other shots I've seen in some of their other shows, uh, they're done in theaters like that, which is a perfect location for a show like that. If um, I can ask real quick, so you're saying sure. it was actually in the theater, not necessarily in the general admission Egyptian room, right? Yeah, it was packed in the theater. That yeah. is incredible. So, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and so it sounded just amazing. The, the light show was good. What was their set um, like? I mean, not the set list, but like the actual like physical props. It has, everything has a very medieval kind of feel to it. Lots of religious uh, symbology and things like that. So it looked like a large staircase in the middle. It had kind of a stone wall kind of aspect to it. So they had people on top. They had people below. Um, it was very choreographed in that there were a bunch of members. I think there were like six at all time, but they would, wow. they were located around stage perfectly mm-hmm. to balance the stage. As he moved, they moved. And it just seemed like a, a, a real, uh, I don't know what you'd call it necessarily, but a choreographed. Um, it, yeah. Well, and I think it probably was probably more so than it looked, it looked natural, mm-hmm. but they always moved. If he went to the top, the guy came to the bottom. If he went to the sides, they kind of moved around him. Um, it was really good, and uh, there were a few moments where they kind of broke a little bit, and they were more playful. But for the most part, um, it was a very serious show. Um, just amazing. I, I mean, it was probably one of the better shows I've seen in quite a while. I got to say, from what I saw of the stage um, in pics that Metalhead Monday sent me, it was kind of two things it reminded me of. It reminded me of early Ozzy in terms of just the epic nature, like the staircase, mm. and you know, definitely had that um, you know. The whole 
not only the songs bringing the vibe, but the visuals to tie in with it. Um, and at the same time, it was almost kind of like the antithesis to what King Diamond would do. He definitely had, you know, kind of some religious undertones and stuff like that in his set. But if I remember correctly from what I saw of, I've never seen King Diamond live, but um, I kind of associated him with more like dark imagery. And this just kind of had like a, a white beacon type of uh, vibe to it. But, uh, you know, certainly played into the theatrics and the music very well from you know basically from what i saw in the pictures i could hear the music in my head and see how it played together yeah uh and he you know he's been outed so to speak and i mm-hmm. i think some people kind of had notions before but and he still kind of plays it up does interviews in the shadows so you can't see him at the end of the last tour they dragged the last papa emeritus off stage because he was done you know and i think they sometimes have them lying in repose <laughs> Um, and so he comes out and he even says to us, you know, I'm the new guy, you know, I'm the the new lead singer, (laughs) Cardinal Copia. And, uh, so they keep playing it up. I love it. Um, I hope they never give in to the fact that everybody knows what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. All but right. makes that's the beautiful part of it. I mean, because, I mean, it's art. I mean, they could be there in, in plain face, much like when Kiss unmasks themselves, but people are still going to love Kiss for what they were too, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this certainly just ties into the whole the whole vibe. I know a lot of people that are not fans of Ghost. They think it's kind of campy. Um, and when they just listen to the music for face value, it, it doesn't appeal to them. But I like the vintage flair. I like the way. Uh, they deliver because it's intentional. It's not, um, you know, something where a band got together and said, hey, you know, we like these five bands. We just want to sound exactly like them. No, right. they really set off to uh, kind of pay homage to the early roots of metal with, with this project. Yeah. And yeah I, you said it really well there. I mean, it's art. And that's, I've said it before on other other reviews, but, you know, I love it when the fan base knows what's going on and the people that are that are passing it off as something else that you know boring or 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 Mm -hmm. you know they just don't understand it and i I just i really like when art does that when you have a you feel like you have like an inside track on it and those you can you can just say that those people just don't know what they're talking about because they really don't they they Mm -hmm. just listen to a track and that's it and not experienced it but yeah um, we'll see what happens in the future i mean we haven't seen a tv special called ghost saves christmas we haven't seen <laughs> ghost the lunchbox or the coffin yet so yet. Oh, i don't think they'll be saving any christmases <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure yeah. but i love the fact too that it's not a concert it's a ritual yes. right you know i mean they go that far yeah uh, i would like to say too um I, I know you were impressed, Stevie, with like him keeping his anonymity and, and things like that since 2007. But I've done it since 1973, and you aren't keep you aren't giving me any kudos. I got your beat, 71, baby. Dang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's the well-known one oh. out of all of us. <laughs> well, shucks. All right. Well, Paul. You're up, man. What's the challenge this week? Mine's going to be simple. Well, I say that, but um, it's, this was a tough one for me. Um, we talked about rhythm sections with uh, Metalhead Monday, and I thought it was time to, to give guitar players a shot. So here's what I want yes. you to do. Don't think too into it and don't give like huge answers. I mean, we can go briefly into them, but I want your top five guitar players of all time in, in your own roster. Um, again, you don't have to go in, well, because he did this on this song and stuff like that. You can just say, you know, these are the guys I like and, you know, briefly say why. Cut and dry. I'm feeling handcuffed, but I like the challenge. Handcuffed because you can only do five. Well, he's like, uh, he's like, you got to be short. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And yeah, it will be. Tony, yeah. you are short. It'll be ten short answers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, that'll be fun. I, like that. I do like that, and the guitar should get there too. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, they get a lot of do, you know, more than the rhythm section. But I think it's important to, you know, point out, you know, key guitar players that stand out to you. I mean, of course, not to dig into it now, but like Tom Morello, we've mentioned a million times why Mm -hmm. he stands out to us. But there are a lot of other guys out there that have an offering that, uh, you know, they can they can use their fingers on that fretboard in ways that uh, person B cannot. Exactly. Okay. Challenge accepted. That doesn't always have to be um, the guy who can shred either. I mean, precisely. You know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of different methods on the guitar, and they bring different things. So I bet we'll come up with something that the others didn't think of. Right. So cool. I'm down. Groovy. Very good. All right, Paul. What do you listen to this week other than? The Prodigy. Other than The Prodigy. Well, I listened to R.L. Grime. Um, that actually kind of put me in the mood because there was some other stuff I came, kind of came across as well that um, got, you know, good play. And I thought, I mean, I really like this, but I didn't listen to it first. I wanted to go with my initial first in- instinct. I didn't write the artist down, and I should have. Uh, but the album cover had a really nice illustration of an ant with extremely long legs. It was um, kind of a, a 70s looking art to it, but it was labeled as dubstep, but it's kind of a UK dubstep, so it's not the real hard blah, da, 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 kind of bass line. <laughs> um, it's more mellow, smooth. The, the rhythms are really pulsating and have a shuffle to them. There's an artist out of the UK called Burial that plays very similarly. And so, um, that artist who I forgot to write down put me on a, a kick for burial. So I listened to a couple of releases from, from him and uh, really enjoyed them. There's a lot of mangled vocals in it um, where the pitch changes a little bit and just the formant of the voice. So you can't really hear everything completely audibly. It's kind of nice in that it puts some mystery into what's being said, much like listening to you know a Pink Floyd album and things where stuff's mixed subtly. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I, I gave that a shot and, and um, you know, I'm probably going to listen to some more of that next week because it just kind of inspired me and fired me up. Cool. The name of the group is Burial? Burial, yeah. It's a single DJ. Um, in my readings in the past, I know that uh, the guy was remaining anonymous. I think he may have been unveiled, but I, I can't remember. It's been a few years since I've dug super deep into him. But, uh, you know, certainly some good music. Cool. Check that out. Teabags. Well, um, actually, after I started listening to Nostalgia, um for the challenge, I noticed that she had something more recent, a single called God Be You, and it's it's really good. Um, so that's been kind of on rotation since I found her, as well as a song called No Good by Kaleo. I think that's how you say it. And then um, rounding it out with a song called Gold by Sir Sly. And it's just, those, those three have kind of got me through this weekend. Goal by Sir Sly? Gold with a D. Oh, gold. Hmm. Okay, yes. gotcha, gotcha. If it was gold, I would have yelled at like a soccer. Gold. <laughs> yes. I bet Sir Sly is not scoring a lot of goals. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, man. I got a lot of a lot of things to listen to this week. Well, <clears throat> this week I didn't listen to a ton of other music. Um, last week, um, Slipknot surprised all of us with a single. We knew there was an album coming out in 2019. Uh, Corey Taylor and Clown have been posting about it on Instagram a lot. So surprisingly, on Halloween, they actually came out with a song and a video. I, and I can't verify this story, but on Reddit, <clears throat> the story was going around that they were filming a video, um, but they were doing it to a song that came out 20 years ago. 
as part of the 20th anniversary. So it kind of threw everybody off. They thought they were doing this, you know, this nostalgia track. But anyway, it turned out to be for the new song, All Out Life, which, um, according to the band, is uh, the new album's going to be Iowa levels of heavy, which is uh, really kind of a cool thing. And the song fit that bill perfectly. It was a great song. Um, had a, a really cool groove, I thought, and uh, loved the message in it. It sounds like Corey's got a lot of things to say on this record, um, a lot of personal issues to get out. And uh, this one was uh, sounded like more of a pet peeve he had at people. So uh, yeah. I dug the I dug that song a lot. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I saw the link on that, but I didn't get a chance to pop it open. Um, but I, I definitely plan on giving that a, a, a listen. Yeah. I think, Paul, I sent you just the uh, guitar part. Oh, did you? So you could listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was playing it, and it was really good. The kid was really good. So sweet. Yeah, I'll give that a listen. I didn't get a chance to put it on my radar. I apologize. No, um, not a big deal. But one thing we did forget to mention, guys. Uh, I think we all gave uh, Buck Cherry a listen, right, over the weekend. <laughs> oh, yes, we did. Oh, yeah, their, we did. Their their cover of uh, "Head Like a Hole." <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Tony, don't mince words. How'd you really feel? Uh, <laughs> I thought that um, I don't know. I. I, I'm trying, it's not that I don't want to mince words, it's just what I want to say, I can't say on, really? <laughs> I hated it. That's, that's about yeah. as plain and simple as I can I can get, is that it was like an abomination of the whole... His voice uh, was weird. Well, I just, uh, I don't know, there's just so much to that, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, I, I could have told you just, I mean, when you said Buck Cherry, that was... I. <laughs> there was, I was twitching just knowing that, that they had covered a song and put it out publicly but you yeah. know hopefully it will end all of their careers there is a poll on Facebook ladies and gentlemen that uh, we were asking if Tony would love her to hate it you can still chime in he may change his mind but uh, <laughs> uh, no yeah I, I gave it a listen and I thought you know I've got to share this with, with Tony but uh, you know when I first heard it my, my initial impression was I'm going to make myself sit through this and listen to it in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like eating that, you know, warmed can of spinach, much to your you know, dismay. <laughs> but I, I did it. And yeah. the the best way I can describe the performance to me, sorry, guys, and Buck Cherry, if you ever listen to this, you know, I'm, I'm not hating on you, but I just felt like the cover went flat. It fell short. It, it's hard. I mean, that mm-hmm. bass line, that is the hook. It's hard to make that a guitar part to me. Um, there's characteristics in the way that bass is from a synthesizer standpoint that you just can't recreate. And of course, they're interpreting it in their own way, but the guitar did not drive the song the way that synth bass drove that song to me. And mm-hmm. uh, like you know, Steve said as well, like with the vocals and things like that, it was you know a, it was a noble effort. I will give him that, but it definitely did not deliver yeah it felt like he was trying to sound like trent Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i was like he tried to i actually when i turned it on i was expecting it to be even worse (laughs) yeah well it it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be sure it wasn't good before i voted on the poll too and before i voted i listened to it in its entirety as well and i then i thought i I gave myself some parameters i'd normally do that with things and i thought like what was one of the worst things that's happened to me personally in my life and if I could go back and undo that or undo this recording, and I landed on this recording. I'll take whatever pain comes in life, but I don't ever want to hear that again. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's, that's sharp. Hey, 
they're getting ready to do Hurt next. Oh, mm. well, Johnny Cash will be rolling in his grave then. Right. <laughs> I, I, there was one vo- vote for Love It, and that was me. And uh, <laughs> if, full disclosure, that was an accidental click. But, uh, you know, hey, at least we did skew it a little bit so there isn't just 100% hate it. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we may feel the wrath of all 10 Buck Cherry fans. So just be prepared. <laughs> Noted. All right. Well, I think that's about all of the new stuff we have for the week. So, uh, Paul, anything uh, we need to know about what's going on with you right now or where can we find you? Same old, same old. Uh, JustPlainPaul.com is going under a little bit of an overhaul. So uh, it is down temporarily, but you can find me at the Facebook page, JPP Invasion. JPP Invasion. Um, if you want to email me, it is JPP at WanderingsAndWoolGathering.com. Otherwise, Instagram uh, is also Wanderings and Wool Gathering or Just Plain Paul. There's uh, lots of ways to reach me, basically. So mm-hmm. long story short, if you look under Wanderings and Wool Gathering, you might find me. If you find, look for Just Plain Paul, you'll probably find me there. Sweet. What's... um. Update on your new record. Uh, well, this week I didn't get a chance to focus as much as I wanted to, but uh, I've got about 30 songs to kind of sort through and, and arrange. And uh, right now it's just kind of which, which uh, kids do you kick off the bus, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some that uh, I feel like definitely won't make the cut, uh, but there's a handful of them that you know I feel like they have some strong potential. It's just a matter of what direction do they want to go and and where do they kind of unravel and unfold and and finish up in the grand scheme of things there's some some good i'm comfortable and happy with the grooves um it's just what embellishments are needed and and things of that sort as well as arrangements to finish them out so um looking forward to digging into that as the the season kind of comes to a close and it'll be cold outside and i'll be locked inside so Sweet. Do we get to review it for the show? If you guys want, and yes. uh, you know, please be candid too. You don't have to say, "Hey, you're my buddy. I like your stuff." You can tell me where you hate it. I would definitely welcome that because, you know, that's how a person grows. You have to learn from, from the criticisms in terms of, you know, there's parts parts that, like I said, fell short on a certain cover we just uh, talked about. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you don't uh, take that with a grain of salt and learn from it, then you know you're not evolving. Right. I would love to review it. I can't wait to hear new music, man. Sweet. Definitely. T-Bags, what's up? Um, well, I will probably be leading a class action lawsuit against Buck Cherry. So if anybody wants to get involved. <laughs> just... And then secondly, um, I, I really would love to have some interaction on our Facebook page just to narrow it down to a channel or uh, or Instagram. But um, yeah, so really just like shout shout me out there. And if you want to weigh in on who you like and who you don't like and what you're listening to. That's re- that's what I'd like to see. I've got nothing going on in my life. And uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, as Foggy's Pal. And uh, you can also find me over at BreakTheForth.com. So I think that's it for this week. Another uh, excellent episode worthy of Laffy Taffy, I do believe. <laughs> awesome. Per- you have a Laffy Taffy, Taffy joke on you by chance? I No, but I do have a trivia question. Who is the artist behind Laffy Taffy? I have no idea. Buck Cherry. <laughs> Buck Cherry couldn't hold DL4's jock. What are you talking about? <laughs> is that who it is? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'd have to look it up again, I think. But I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Wait a minute. Who, let's see. I got it right here. Uh, yeah, D4L. Okay. Yes. Interesting. We, we were laughing. We think this song used to play at high school dances. Holy cow. 
I don't think they uh, read the lyrics. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to so, go and check, check them out. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to check these out. These are really good. So, Okay. Um, Pulitzer. Anyway, uh, we will see you next week for episode 11. Good night, everybody. Fellow wool gatherers, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Now it's time to get social. Add us on Instagram at Wanderings and Wool Gathering. If you're on Facebook, you can find our page also at Wanderings and Wool Gathering. If you're on iTunes, please feel free to drop us a review. We'd love to know how we're doing. And if you follow us on social, please comment and add to the community. We would love to know your thoughts on the challenges and the music we share. There's lots of music out there, and we'd love to talk about it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week.